Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Mindful Being podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Um, So I would just love you to share with our listeners today about your story and um, what brought you to this world. Well, where do we start? That's the question. (laughs) Um, I first got into reconnecting with my body and my mind after I'd had a really, really rough time. 2019, worst year of my life, also the most transformational year of my life. Um, And it just, when you hit rock bottom, I think the only way out really is through. And the only way through for me was connecting with myself and finding parts of myself I hadn't even worked with before really I was in an abusive relationship I had cervical cancer my dog was my dog was 10 months old went in for neutering surgery and um, died the next day in my arms I had my my mother-in-law passed away suddenly on my ex's birthday it was all in the space of six months and it was just you know beat after beat after beat and it was like I didn't know how to even exist anymore I didn't even know how to and it felt impossible life felt impossible and really I since then you know I had sort of a moment where I was like I need to just get away from this all and I went away to Scotland um in the north of the UK and for, on my own and just slept in my car and walked up mountains and had a great time and was just spent time with myself and I came back and nothing was the same. My whole perspective on life, on being alone, on being with myself had really, really changed. And from that point, I, I sort of promised myself, right, we're going to make a difference now. And then at the same time, I had all my health problems going on, which I eventually got the all clear from. But I, uh, they, they said, you know, you need to really make sure your diet's really good. You need to boost your immune system as much as you can. And I had to have a real look at the way I was living, my lifestyle, what I was eating, you know, canned food all the time pretty much ready meals because it was just easy and it's what I'd grown up with um through my my teens and stuff um and I wasn't really exercising and I was like that's it let's let's have a big reshape of my life so that's where it all started really and I started documenting on Instagram and that just grew and grew and grew and the more people engaged and said oh I'm doing the same thing I'm going through the same thing you're you know really helping motivate me the more I was motivated to do it so it's like teamwork it's a little team thing and over the years sort of since 2019 obviously got rid of my abusive ex my cancer's gone my diet's really good now and um my mental health is is currently at the best place it's been um but it's taken some some pretty big hits especially sort of last year um was my my year off 2021 was my year off of, uh, of, of, of life. I had a miscarriage in March, in April even, and then I had COVID in July and following that massive mental breakdown because I thought I couldn't breathe all the time where it was just anxiety and my asthma working together to make me feel like I was suffocating, which was terrifying. Um, and then I took my yoga qualification and it's just, the thing is, I think with, connecting with yourself and with your mind and calming down it's just a matter of we learn so much and we journey so much and we we go through so much through the experiences that we have um I've just sort of picked up a lot from from all of that really 
Yeah. Wow. That's thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, that's a really difficult journey at times, but I'm sure it had its beautiful moments as well. Um, I love to hear these stories because I think sometimes people don't quite understand how important yoga can be and how it can make such a big change in your life. They think it's just stretching or exercise. Um, Mm. and it's really, I think mostly breath work along with moving your body that really does the trick, but, um, I love to hear just true people's experiences through life as they, they journey through their life. You know, I, often we look at Instagram, we see people with these like, you know, quote unquote, perfect lives and, um, you know, all of their pictures, they look beautiful and they are just like seeming like everything is going well for them. And that's kind of this podcast is just discussing kind of how, how do we stay connected with like our higher values and, um, our goals through real life, like when these real things happen. Um, and I, I think often it does take a big drastic change, like what you went through to just kind of up and leave and like reset. Um, But I also think it's really true that just because you do have this like life-changing moment where you decide to eat better and kind of work on your health and mental health, it doesn't mean that we're suddenly healed or suddenly Mm. um, invulnerable to life's like difficulties it really is more that we're able to kind of have ways to survive and to move through emotion rather than being stuck in it absolutely um so how did you find yoga specifically like what is that something in your area that's popular or did you know somebody how did how did you find yoga as a specific way to kind of help heal your heart and body So the first time I did yoga as in proper lessons was sort of five years ago, really. And it just, I just didn't connect with it. It was really, you know, it's so funny looking at me now. I just didn't, I didn't connect with it. I felt frustrated. I couldn't do Shavasana. I could not sit with myself. I couldn't sit in, in peace with myself because I think my mind was so loud. It was like, oh, oh, hell no. We are not just sitting here and, and doing shapes. We're not doing that, you know? And also my muscles were so tight and I was seeing sort of 80 year old women next to me stretching more than I could do but I was so tight because I was so tense and you know I just didn't know that then um so that was sort of the very first time I did yoga and then when I got my uh the cervical cancer stuff I had six surgeries and I wasn't able to go to the gym or do sort of fitnessy things and so I got an online app the the sweat app I was using um which is brilliant highly recommend it and I did start doing their yoga courses as well as the fitnessy side of things because I was I didn't want to go to the gym or go to a group class and be like oh no I can feel you know I can feel this isn't working for me right now I'm gonna have to leave I feel too anxious to leave and I just having that cycle in your head of getting worked up and it just becoming then a painful experience so I'm very pro sort of working out from home and doing yoga from home and doing the online stuff, because I, for me, for my mental health, that was the best thing for me. Um, and it got to the point where I was like doing yoga every single day. And I remember saying to my mom, I was like, God, oh, I just wish 
I wish I could just do it every single day, like for hours and, and not, you know, and have that time to do that rather than just squeezing 10 minutes in here and there, if I could, she was like, well, why don't you Why you know, train as a teacher. And I was like, Oh my God, I never thought of that. What a brilliant idea. So, um, that's what I did. I, I trained as a teacher and, um, it's sort of, I had a fantastic um, teacher to to train us who was very alignment focused and very body focused in terms of the emotional release. And I'm doing some more courses with her on restorative yoga and trauma release and things like that, because I'm a massively emotional person and I need yoga to release emotionally, just as I've always used fitness to release emotionally. Um, I, use, I think I use fitness more for sort of anger or higher high energy or I have ADHD sometimes there's just too much going on I don't know where to put all this energy and it, it just overfills and exercise gives me that when I'm really sort of sad or pent up or something's upsetting me or I feel like I'm being really tense with myself or unfair with myself that's when yoga is, is best for me I mean yoga is always great isn't it you always feel better after it but <laughs> Yes, that's true. I definitely always feel better. Even the times when I feel like oh, I don't want to do it. I feel lazy, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go and do it and you're like, okay, I'm glad I did. I feel so much better. Um, but I love you sharing that about your more physical exercises as well, because I think we need to be aware of what our bodies need. Like sometimes you de- do need some of that more um, physically taxing and like like way to more high energy ways to like express some of those more intense emotions, like you said, like anger and things, because, um, I don't know, it's not one size fits all yoga is not going to help everybody through everything. It's Mm. sometimes we do need to supplement or add things in that, especially if yoga comes easy to you, some people, it just comes so easy to them. Yeah. And so it, it's good to kind of have a practice that helps you through um, what you're going through in that moment and not having to just be like, yoga is the only way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so throughout your day, as you uh, kind of live life, especially, you know, you said you're working a lot right now, um, what kind of mindfulness practices do you kind of mix in and um what what are those are your favorite I'm assuming yoga is probably one of them definitely yoga is is up there and I always know you know sometimes I'm at work and I'm, I'm waitressing at the moment and I'm like oh I could I really just want to you know and I'll just sneak behind the counter and do a quick crescent lunge you know no one sees <laughs> um to be honest, I think breath work is is probably my favorite thing to do because you can do it anywhere and nobody knows that you're doing it, but it has such profound results in in almost instantly that deep breath into the diaphragm, taking all your awareness to your vagus nerve and telling it, hey, we're cool, we can chill out and really connecting in with my body. I'm totally into somatic therapy, somatic release, somatic experiencing. It's really my thing. Um, so constantly sort of saying to myself, Rebecca, relax your shoulders, relax your jaw, because I just don't realize I'm doing it. Um, and another one I heard on a, a brilliant podcast, I follow um, Lindsay Lockett, the holistic, uh, holistic, I can't remember what her podcast is called, but um, she talked about how we often have anal retention, we're often clenching our butt cheeks without even knowing that we're doing it as well. Um, and it's just like, just it, when I'm driving in the car or when I'm eating, I have lots of triggers around eating. It really stresses my body out. I'm like, let's just tune in and, and think about what's going on here. You know, where my body is feeling 
something that it doesn't want to feel and what am I where am I crossing a boundary and how can I make it seem okay you know um so definitely breath work and then also I don't know if this is necessarily a technique but I have completely shut myself off from the news I don't watch or read the news anymore I have taken myself off of Netflix because <laughs> I got very obsessed with this. So I'll only watch Netflix now if my boyfriend's watching something and then we're going to watch together like a, as, a, as a date night, as a romantic activity, because I was picking up that I was using Netflix as a sort of distraction from myself or I can't eat without watching TV or I can't, I couldn't just sit with myself and it just, I can, I feel myself slipping into, into that sometimes. And it was just a moment where I needed to be like, hang on you know, let's, let's connect. So um, just being more mindful now when I, when I'm eating as well, that's, you know, as I said, a, a bit of a trigger point for me and yeah, cutting out, I, I wouldn't say I've cut out social media as much, but I am very particular about who I follow. So if I, I can't have, you know, I think people have, as social media has got a really bad rep, I think, and absolutely it, it, it deserves that sometimes. I think in my from my perspective and obviously I'm going to be biased because it's 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 where I it's, it's my little house it's my virtual house um but I choose who I follow we all choose who we follow and we choose what we see and you just have to have a discipline yourself to go oh I'm going to unfollow them you know I, they don't know they you know it's it's okay um but it'll probably do you good you know I, an influencer if I ever feel myself sort of going oh I'm getting a bit jealous of that I'm like okay let's ask myself why am I feeling like that and if we need to take some time out if this isn't behavior that you think you want to be modeling then take some time out unfollow or see you know you know you can press the notifications less or see post less or something on the, on the side now um so just like being really specific about what I'm exposing myself to being really tuned into my body's boundaries, which I wasn't even aware of before, I think is, is my other favorite thing. Well, there's some really great ideas. I love that they're incorporated in your life throughout the day um, because mindfulness tends to have this like package that it's like either yoga or meditation, that kind of thing. Um, but I love the ideas of bringing it into your life just as you're working, you know, in movement or in um, breath work. All that stuff is really great. Um, I, how did you stop Netflix? Because that's something <laughs> I, I absolutely know exactly what you're talking about. And that's something that I think there's been multiple times where I'm like, I should probably cut this out because I think that it is a coping mechanism. Like, you know, my, my co coping mechanisms are like socially acceptable and um, like quote unquote healthy, you know, like yeah. it's, it's things like that, where it's like, wow, suddenly I've been watching this show for a few hours. Like that's, you know, <laughs> that wasn't my intention, but the, my time is gone now. Like, was that something hard for you or did you just make the decision? I think I said to myself, we need to stop. And I was watching Orange is the New Black. I don't know if you've watched, don't get into it because you're going to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but the the penultimate series so the second you know the one before the last series the last episode I felt like it could have ended there and it would have been fine but they went on with another series and the, the last series wasn't as good and I was like oh, you know I'm over it I'm over it and whether it was just that series or whether it's because I'd gone in with that attitude of hey enough now that I don't know really I used to have a sort of policy with myself if you like that I only watch 
Netflix when I was exercising and it was sort of my motive because I work out from home it was my motivation to work out and it was my treat my reward I was like oh yes get to watch Vikings today or whatever um and that used to be my thing but I think because I'd had a year last year well six months last year where I was getting over the first six months of last year and I would just let myself I was like if my body needs to eat, eat if my body needs to binge watch binge watch um but I sort of I felt in myself there's a new beginning coming for me and these things aren't going to fit into that Netflix isn't going to fit into that um you know eating unhealthily isn't going to fit into my this new chapter that's coming I need to prepare myself for that really so it was definitely a I thought about it first I think for the first two weeks I was sort of teetering off uh, and then it just just happened I think really so um and it now is really funny yesterday I had um some free time which is very rare very rare <laughs> at the minute and I was like oh I could you know I could watch tv and I was like oh, I really don't feel like it I don't I don't want to watch tv and I was like wow where's you know that that would have never been like a thought that crossed my mind before so it was really interesting to see what happens when you do pull away from that I think definitely getting to the end of the addictive series does help <laughs> but again I used to keep saying once I get to the end of this series I'm not going to start a new one and then yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yes definitely it's hard especially when um it's a lot of like what your friends do and stuff is like watch shows and talk about what what kind of shows they're into and things like it's it feels like you're missing out sometimes I think yeah but there's so much out there you can't even keep up with it anyway so um yeah uh I think that it seems like when you're when you're ready for it it just kind of happens so yeah yeah um I had a question about as you're going through this mindfulness stuff just like tuning in how do you kind of keep the judgmental voice out? Because I think that's something that as you start to tune in more, you start to notice things about yourself. Um, that voice for me anyway, just gets really loud. It likes to be like, like, let me like put your shoulders down, relax your jaw. It's like, like a drill sergeant or something. Like it's telling, it's kind of judging me for, for being myself rather than um, just kind of noticing and accepting yeah I totally know what you mean I think my often the negative voice for me less so now but was very much well we're just sitting we're not doing anything productive that's bad you know um and meditation as what you know mindfulness and meditation meditation used to be like the thing I hated the most because it would just be you can't be thinking this, you know, you're supposed to be still in thought, you're supposed to just let them pass. And I'm engaging in every thought and thinking about, I don't know what I'm going to eat later rather than actually getting involved. Um, I think really it's more I, for me, it has just been a process of let, seeing this voice come in and going, Oh, stop. Let's chat about that. So rather than blocking it out, being like, okay, okay, cool. That's my first thought that have come in, this, this negative thought. I know that we were doing mindfulness, but let's let's have a chat. Let's figure out why am I feeling like this? What's made me, what's made this voice come in? How am I going to approach this? And sort of, I, I love stuff like that, where you really analyze what's going on in your head and why these patterns are coming up in yourself. And sort of say, okay, why do you equate, you know, why do you equate the time that you give to mindfulness? Why are you suggesting that that's not me being productive when 
I'm being productive. I'm being productive in, in me. And I'm, I'm much better at that kind of stuff now. And it's sort of going, oh, well, actually, I was brought up in a, in a, in a household that if you weren't doing something, if you weren't saving the world, if you weren't creating an empire, then you're failing already. Um, you know, so okay maybe that's where that's come from and just sort of checking in back with yourself and being a bit more compassionate about it and being like oh, okay I'm really struggling with this um in my teacher training course we did sort of a meditation weekend with loads of different um, meditation mindfulness techniques and we did visual meditation which was where we had to picture a lemon and the teacher sort of walked through the experience and you know, cutting the lemon with a knife. And then suddenly my brain goes, oh dear, I can't do knives for sort of reasons to do with my past and things like that, really triggered. And I was sat there in that room and I could just feel my body completely shut down. I started shaking and I was crying. I was like, oh, I need to leave, I need to leave, I need to leave. I stayed there. Um, she, she noticed that I, I, I was trapping for me. And it, it was really interesting just sitting there and watching this unfold and it made me think okay that's actually an area of my life that I haven't done enough healing on and one of those things that you can say oh yeah I've dealt with it and actually have I dealt with it have I still got stuff to process there and that's what that's why that came up for me that's why that triggered me there because it's still something that I'm really sensitive about and that's fine and I had to be super compassionate with myself and be I actually felt I was like wow you know I've confronted something that perhaps had locked away for a really long time. And when those voices come up, it's like, okay, I've got this, this jealous voice inside my head, or I've got this, you know, guilty voice inside my head. It's, it's good to know that you're that you're there. So I know it's something to work on and spend some days doing some um, journaling or I do sort of art therapy and stuff with myself sometimes to work through stuff that's going on inside that perhaps was hiding before. I don't know if that's what, a good enough answer really as to how I shut it out it's more just embracing it and dealing with dealing with it there and then having a chat confronting it straight on <laughs> yeah I think that's that's fantastic because we often have this idea of like if we're going to live this like positive life that we are pushing away negative emotions negative mm. thoughts um, but as we push away our connection to those negative thoughts we're also pushing away our connection to the positive ones because we are like blocking our connection to ourselves. So I love that like curiosity that's coming up and just kind of wondering, okay, why am I feeling this and exploring that as the the judgmental voice arises? It reminds me a little bit of like doing childhood work as well, yeah. like like early childhood just kind of thinking about it as sometimes I like to name it or have like this um this connection to it in a way that's like this voice is trying to protect me in some way this voice is trying yeah. to um teach me something or it's something from my past that I wasn't able to let go of and it does help me thinking about it reframing it instead of just being like wow I'm really negative um yeah but thinking about it in that way of like like you are also a part of me so it, let's explore and understand so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. It's hard work, though. I will say, <laughs> it's not yeah. easy. All of this, this is hard work, and I think people who start this out have no idea how hard it's going to get. And but also, how much you learn about yourself, and how much more freedom you have in just 
existing in in your life you know and it's it's like just what you said about looking at something as, as being able to heal you um when my anxiety came on this year I had a sort of a nervous breakdown um my my perspective gradually changed to my anxiety is here to protect me it's actually just a natural reaction because my body thinks I'm I'm in danger and actually it's really kind that my body is doing that for me it is really kind it's 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 not picking up the right signals but I'm not giving it the right signals because I'm so worked up about everything else that it's pretty sure that there's something dangerous going on and it wants to keep me safe and it wants to get me out of that situation and it was just seeing it with kindness rather than why is this happening to me why is this attacking me why am I not you know why is it not easy and things like that but it's more ah okay I understand this is this is just natural and I just need to be compassionate with it and work with it rather than try and fight it yeah that's some really good advice as we like journey through and we do this mindfulness stuff that we remember to give ourselves that compassion and kindness um that that's really what's going to help us get to the next like part of healing is to be able to love and and comfort ourselves and and really embrace all the parts rather than yeah. just the ones that we like or that we think society will will like, you know? Yeah. So as you're moving through life and some of these difficult moments come up, what do you do to kind of stay connected to your values and your mindfulness and your yoga practice? Like those days when maybe you aren't feeling well physically or you're just feeling like drained or um, emotionally struggling, do you have any um, advice for just kind of how to stay on the path? Yeah, I think it's, I am super emotional, like super, like the ups and downs for me, I've always been hyper dramatic. And it was, wasn't until really I got on psychiatric medication that I realized how dramatic life was before. Um, so down days were quite familiar to me. Um, so I have a couple of things that, that work for me. I'm always when I'm feeling something, when I'm feeling something that's not happy or calm or content, I'm like, what's going on? What's up? What's that? Talk to me. Talk to me, Rebecca. Let's access what feeling this is. And then I'm like, oh, I think I think I'm feeling this. I think I'm feeling this because this happened. I'm like, okay, right. Okay, what we're gonna do? What do you want to do? What does your what does my body want to do in that moment? And if I still can't pick it up, if I'm really in a tough place. I have this, this fabulous tool where I vision myself in front of myself, vision a five-year-old version of me. And that five-year-old version of me is feeling all the feelings that I'm feeling right now, having been through all the things that I've been through right now. And it's just a five-year-old child. And what does that five-year-old want to do? And I, I have to really get my brain into the mind of that five-year-old and think, what would they want to do? Do they want a bath? Do they want to eat sweets? Do they want to sleep? Do they want to cuddle? You know, and just really tuning in and it just helps me then disconnect from this adult full of responsibilities, full of stuff on my shoulders. Oh, but I should be like this. I should be like that and go, no, this is me. This is little inner Rebecca inside me. This is how she's feeling right now. And we need to help her feel better. And we need to help her get through this because it's, it's tough. Whatever I'm going through is tough. Um, so it's connecting with that. And then my other sort of weird side tool is I've got, I've got so many I've so many um okay another one of the other ones is visioning and I, this is, I don't know where I picked this up from I think it was in therapy last year maybe I vision 
another version of myself. So the same age as I am at the minute, just as a friend, like an imaginary friend version of me. And often she will be when usually when I'm in a situation where I can't get out of. So for example, when I'm in the in the car, when I'm in a passenger seat of a car and I can't control where we're going necessarily and my anxiety picks up, I often use this then. Or when I'm out at a restaurant and I'm feeling myself getting a bit, you know, and, and losing it a little bit. I imagine my imaginary friend version of myself and giving me what I need. So sometimes it's holding my hand. Sometimes it's telling me I'm doing great. Sometimes it's telling me I know that this is feeling tough right now. It's affirming how I'm feeling. It's saying I understand that you're feeling scared. I understand that you're feeling anxious. And, and just feeling that acknowledgement of the emotion can often just be like a huge relief and like a, oh, thank goodness, you know, I, my emotions are valid, these feelings are valid. And then often like this imaginary version of myself will, you know, just do like stroke my hair or I don't know, that, that's how I think of what would make me feel better in my body because it is so much about your body as well as in your mind. So there's that. And then the third one, I'll stop at three um, because I'm in super, into super somatic stuff. I have I had a somatic therapist who was just phenomenal and life-changing and brilliant. Um, so this is about connecting the body and the mind and finding out how your body reacts to psychological things, to trauma, to stress and how your body freaks out with that. And I have a say, she asked me, Rebecca, where in your body do you feel safe? Um, and I, I just replied instantly. And I didn't know, I'd never thought about it before. No one had ever asked me before, where in your body do you feel safe? And I thought, my feet. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that was a thing. But thinking about it, that's where I feel grounded. And when I'm sat down, I'm constantly grabbing my feet and just sort of squeezing them. And I'd never really understood what that meant for me. But to me, that's where I feel safe. She said, okay, now where, it, where what memory in your mind do you go back to when you're feeling ungrounded and you need to be feeling feel calm and feel safe again and I love this specific villa in Thailand that I used to go to when I was a kid I was very blessed so I to travel quite a bit and I can literally remember the smell the sound the taste the feel on my skin of the sand on that beach and the temperature and everything I mean I, I put myself there right now I can feel it just like that and I she said okay so use your feet which is your safe place in your body and use that memory and join them together so whenever you need to feel that grounding think of your feet and think of your feet in that lovely warm sand with the ocean there and just use it to just connect your body back in and it for me works the same as as deep breath work and tuning my vagus nerve up to being like we're cool we're chill we're okay so there, there's my three main ones. <laughs> there's so many more. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I like just as you were describing it, I felt like in my body, I felt more calm. I was like, that sounds like a lovely place. And um, I love that question of where in your body do you feel safe? Because mm. um, you know, I don't necessarily have an instant reaction to that, but I'd love to explore it more, you know, just figuring that out, like what is that and being able to connect back to it frequently is, is really great. I think these are all the tools that, that I just want everyone to hear, you know, I just want everyone to have them so that they can find what works best for them and be able to help themselves through, through these difficult times and emotions, rather than having to turn to alcohol or binge watching shows like I do, (laughs) or, um, you know, like just to have these techniques is just, 
Fantastic. Um, I'm not super familiar with somatic therapy. Would do you, um, would you like to share a little bit about kind of what that process looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So I had something called craniosacral therapy, which is just one form of somatic therapy. And basically it's like, if you ever had Reiki, which is based around um, energy fields and things like that, it's sort of similar, but there's touch involved. So my, and honestly, I never believed in any of this until I had the actual, I thought, oh, you know, I'm really into energy and I'm really into like the spiritual side of things, but I was a bit, a bit doubtful. And then craniosacral therapy was the um my my therapist was would find a place in my body that was feeling pain that was feeling tense and she would place her hands there and she would say how are you feeling where are you feeling things in your body where are you noticing things and there'd be like a twinge in my shoulder or a twitch in my toe and I I, and it it would just be really strange I, I would things I would never notice before that I was then in these sessions picking up on and she'd be like, yeah, you're, there's some kind of energetic blockage here. Your, your, your um, body's holding something here. And we would sort of work on it usually in one session. Then I'd come back and we'd do something else in a different session to find out what it was that I was holding. So throughout this, this physical experience, you're then talking through past trauma, current stressors, events basically that could be stored in your body that your body could be holding on to and letting that go at the same time and like big feelings would come up for me and sometimes I'd cry and not even you know I've had I've had therapy for like 10 15 years and it's I I rarely ever cry unless I'm having a major breakthrough because crying is just I'm like oh I do it so much it's like oh I'll save it this time um but I was you know I was getting so emotionally overwhelmed and like after my first session she was like, oh, you know, we've had a big session today. You might need to just sit down for a minute. And I sat in my car for 15 minutes and couldn't move. I was like, wow. I felt like so released, I think, because there was so much of my body that was just like holding all my pain for me, carrying it all. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, my body's done amazing stuff for me. But it's like work with the psoas. So in yoga, we talk about the psoas a lot and about how we hold our trauma there and how stretching that out it's like the first time I did splits work I cannot do the splits yet but I'm very close because I've been really working on it the first time I did the splits work with my my teacher in in training um she knew she knew what had been going on with me with my breakdown and things like that and she was really really wanted me to have the experience I did and it was such a release I just felt so free emotionally so I feel like I could cry with just like oh my god I've I've been carrying so much my body's just doing its job and storing everything for me but I don't need it anymore I don't need to carry this pain anymore it's not my responsibility anymore um and it's just like beautiful stuff like that and it's like the same with so at the minute I carry everything in my shoulders so my chest tightens my my pectorals tighten and and pull my shoulders forward and I am rolling my shoulders forward all the time because it's like oh She's not like gonna store it in a psoas anymore. We've got to find somewhere else to keep it. Um, so, and it's like, oh, no, I know I've got to work on it, but it's just, I'm so busy, you know? So it's just, and it's, I think somatic therapy is, was the, was the practice itself of, of doing the physical work and the therapy at the same time. But it's also what you take away from that. And so it's things like, um, like Kundalini is the word for like the energy that goes through the body and stuff. 
um which you know because yoga but um you get they they say in like the spiritual world about kundalini, kundalini awakening about you can get these sort of and i get them now if something crosses my mind i don't know until it's happened and my body just like has a twitch out it just twitches like crazy and I'm like, oh, quick, what was I thinking about? What was it that's triggered me? What did I need to release there? And it's just like, whoa, stuff I would have never picked up on before, never noticed. I'm now hyper aware of. I'm now like, ah, there's something that's triggering me. And it's things like subtle things that end up being big traumas. So for example, meeting up with a certain person and me, me saying to my boyfriend, oh, I'm going to meet so-and-so next week. And then having that, having a twitch and my arm or my leg or feeling a pain and randomly somewhere I'm like oh hang on hang on my body's telling me something that's it's 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 getting up worked up about this let's try and explore that um I did that yesterday actually it was explained to my boyfriend and about her actually going have feelings of jealousy around one of my friends and I was like whoa it's really interesting that we've managed to find that through this through my through my physical experiences and my physical response um and then it's just working through that and finding out why you're jealous and what do I feel insecure about that's making me project that onto her so yeah how do you think that you've developed this trust with your body because um like a story for me it's like me and my husband are trying to have a baby and it's been a few months um and there was definitely at least one or two months where I like had like an intuitive feeling. I'm like, oh, I really feel like this is what's happening for me. Um, like body symptoms and like all kinds of stuff. And then it turns out that I just, you know, got my period and I wasn't pregnant. And that really has, I've talked a little bit about it on the show, but just, just a little bit of knock down my confidence in my trust for myself, like when I feel things, actual things in my body to be able to trust them, that the information they're giving me is true. Um, I think it's, it sounds like you do this a lot. You've done it over time. And I think I'm sure that is really helpful to, to mm. develop the trust, but, um, but yeah, what do you think for you is it helps you really be able to, to believe what your somatic um, symptoms are telling you? Yeah, it's such an interesting question. And I think especially relating to sort of when we're talking about the womb and the uterus and stuff, and I've had a messy womb for like as long as I remember. I've got PCOS, endometriosis, I had cervical cancer. It's all been a state. And I didn't realize any of it was going on until I started connecting and listening in and being like, oh, oh. And now I can tell you exactly what I can, if I get a pain in my lower abdomen now, wherever it is, your left side, right side, lower, upper, I know exactly what it is. Straight up, oh, that's a cyst. Oh, that's me left ovary playing up, you know? <laughs> oh, that's endometriosis. I know exactly what it is because I've been to A&E enough times to figure it out and you learn. But <laughs> other than that, I think, there's a there's a great book for called conscious conception which i'd recommend to you um which is is worth reading in terms of like connecting with your body and stuff but um i think finding out what's true and what's not maybe comes less from the body itself and more from what's what's deeper within you know um because I've seen the body play tricks on me with anxiety. I watched my body give me palpitations, real life, actual palpitations because I was stressed. I see my body literally constrict my throat because I was stressed. So there's, you know, and I've, I've seen my body do phantom pregnancies. I've seen it 
pretend because my mind is far more powerful than you could even comprehend like the mind can do so much to the body that you wouldn't even think so I wonder if it's more taking the focus off of the actual the bodily symptoms itself and tuning into the gut and then working with the womb as well so I don't know if you're into sort of womb massages and like yoni massages and like really connecting with your feminine there um which I, I, I'm totally into now. And I do stuff with the moon. The moon is really great with connecting with your, with your cycle and things like that um, to pick up on it. But I think when, when I was pregnant, it was, it was really strange because I, I just sort of like knew and it, <laughs> and it was like a weird a weird overwhelming sense of like yeah I know this is it I know this is what it is um and like sadly I lost the baby but it was the experience I, I knew that it was there then but it wasn't really me responding to my body's behavior because like I said with my all my hormone sort of challenges I'm often getting swollen boobs at the wrong time of the month or um you know cramps when they shouldn't be there which could all say this is you're pregnant you're pregnant you're pregnant but I think I've gotten you know and you have to then just zone that out and be like mm, it's my body being weird I know that because I've got a weird body and it's it's it comes from deeper it comes from real within you know and I think like letting go of the need to sort of control and understand every single thing your body's doing I have health anxiety so I completely know how destructive that can be um and another thing that I do, which is sort of contradicting what I'm saying now, is I track my basal temperature every morning. I have like a, a, a period app, which really helps. And you, you put your um, thumbs from your mouth as soon as you wake up and it tracks your cycle. And it's really helpful for me because I've got really dodgy cycles. And I'm just like, oh, I know why I'm playing up now. And I don't stress about it so much. because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got that peak. That means or that drop even that means I'm ovulating. I've got um, that peak. That means I'm going to have a period. And I, I know that's what my body, I'll, you know, because two weeks before my period, I tend to start getting cramps because that's just how my body works. But um, yeah, so th- there's using science in that sense. And then also just sort of letting your body and your mind sort of separate in a way about when, when you're trying, when you want something that badly or when you're overwhelmed with anxiety, your body will be like, okay, let's do it. It's all. <laughs> so I guess that's the best advice I can give on that one really. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. I think it's, it's, I've noticed, you know, as time has passed that that's part of what's going on for me is that I have like, my mind wants it so badly that I think I project it into my body. Like it's, it's interesting how, um, the connection goes both ways. So your body can tell your mind things, but also your mind tells your body. So just kind of finding that balance, I think is, it's hard, but, um, but I like mixing the science in as well, because it kind of gives you a place to like ground from Yeah, that you're like, okay, like this is, you know, this is what I can understand through like my brain, you know, that this is the way science works. And then Mm -hmm. also still not denying what your body's telling you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So as um, you've kind of gone through your journey lately through yoga and mindfulness, um, have you had any uh, aha moments or any epiphanies or um, kind of things that just have like shifted your view uh, that you'd like to share with us? 
so many so many so I'm, I'm literally learning new things every single day and I go through phases where it's like oh my god it's so overwhelming how much I'm learning right now about myself um I like to be quite real with myself about the bad stuff I do as well I'm like oh that's a negative trait I've got oh I've just you know been a bit patronizing someone and and picking up on stuff like that and not being annoyed at myself but just being observant I think is really helpful I guess my my biggest aha has been compassion it really has I know we've talked about that briefly before but it's really been sort of going from this oh I'm so annoyed with myself I'm eating so much this week and I'm gaining weight I'm you know whatever it is you're criticizing yourself about because society told you to or your parents told you to or past trauma has told you to it's going well hold on let's be compassionate with ourselves now we're not doing it because we're it's not just laziness there's way more behind what we consider to be laziness or what we consider to be a lack of motivation there's I'm feeling insecure there's I'm feeling unloved I'm feeling I need something that I'm not getting right now and the only way I know how to project that is to just shut down and, and be supposedly lazy um so it's, it's like, it's just accessing every single part of my negative psyche with compassion. Be like, oh, damn, I'm so sorry you're feeling like that. And just treating yourself like you would treat a friend or, or that five-year-old or somebody you care about, you know, rather than you wouldn't speak to your friend the way you speak to yourself. You know, that, that quote goes around a lot and things like that. So, yeah, I think probably compassion is, is my biggest one, um, really. I think that can be totally life-changing if you let it, you know, just to, to find leaning into those things and find the compassion. Um, and I think combining that with, um, your, like, you know, your five-year-old child, like you do, if you consider, cause some of these wounds are so far back wounds that, um, that, or thought patterns that you've had for so long, whether they were given to you by someone else or, um, just kind of, started to create themselves in your own mind so if you go back and and kind of hold that little little child with that voice connect the two of them you can it's for at least for me I find it easier to access the compassion in those moments because Mm. you can imagine that little wounded child or the, the first time that you were learning that thought pattern or that feeling that jealousy or whatever you're having and whatever you're experiencing it helps for me to just hold that, like that child. And, and because sometimes I feel like as an adult, it's easier to judge myself in a, like, you should be better than this, you know, like, like you should, you, or you've done this work, you should be moved past this by now. You shouldn't still be feeling this way. Um, because when you look at yourself as a, a grown up, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. But I think that's, something that we don't always recognize that we carry that little child in us. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're still a part of us all, all the time. It's not just something that um, has completely gone away and that we are, you know, all of the parts of us have had time to mature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think another one is probably that for me, this is quite a major sort of thing for me is what if you don't have to be somebody what if you just what if you're just here to experience life what if you're just here to eat ice cream and just work a job that makes you happy and you don't have to what if I don't have to create an empire what if I don't have to be famous or you know what if I can just 
be. And I think that's been really eye-opening for me as well this year or last year even. <laughs> yeah. I love that because it gives us permission to be ourselves, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, that's really, that's a very compassionate thing to give yourself, you know, is just to be who you are and be okay with that and not have mm. to, to create something that's not in tune with who you really are. Yeah. Um, so lastly, I just want to talk about your profile, your, um, business, anything that you'd like to share with us. Um, everybody should definitely go and follow you, Rebecca Allen with four A's in between four A's in between. That's the one. All right. (laughs) Um, definitely go check out your page. And, um, I hope you're inspired. Like I was, I totally like feel like a fan of yours for sure. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've got um, a podcast that's called Invisible to Invincible. Um, and I mean, all my socials are the same at Rebecca Allen with four A's in between. And I, the other thing is I'm, I'm going to be launching a yoga app at some point this year, but uh, I'm not putting a time frame on myself. That's me being compassionate and being like, well, this is a, a creation of beauty. We're going to take our time with that one. So don't hold me to it, but it, it will happen. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow me on there, then please do. Yeah, we can track track when your app starts from there and and get involved, definitely. Well, thank you so much for all of your openness and your wisdom and your, you know, kind sharing with us today. I really appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do as well. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting.